0: outcomes rocket listeners no podcast no problem launch a professional podcast you'll love in four weeks most people hire production companies to edit and distribute content that sounds bad and does nothing for their revenue or their network but you could turn the key to a made to order podcast and skip all the pitfalls that make 90 percent of shows discontinue after five episodes We've got the expertise, the elbow grease, and you're back on this one. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here. Today I have the privilege of hosting Zahia Hobson. She is a healthcare innovator and a leader with more than 15 years of experience in program management health management and business development. In 2020 of October this year, she launched Sahia and Company to provide strategic advisory services in value-based care and empowered reimbursement for pre-seed and seed-stage digital health startups. On her company's website, sahia.com, she writes about issues in the health industry. Recently, Sahia launched Black Health Tech Founders, The List, a database of 70-plus digital health companies founded by Black people. The List was launched in response to her growing frustration of not seeing Black founders being highlighted in the digital health ecosystem. This effort that she has started has the end goal of increasing funding by five times for Black health tech founders through her work in the venture healthcare capital ecosystem. In addition, Zahia was a startup judge for Columbia University's Venture Competition 2020 Startup Challenge. She was also a guest speaker for the Becker's Annual CIO Conference for a topic she presented, Women's Leadership and Diversity in Health and Health IT. In her former role at Blue Shield of California, Zahia designed innovative and disruptive solutions to transform patient care and physician reimbursement. Currently, she's also partnering with the Columbia University Venture Community, an alumnus-run investment club to review diverse health founder pitches and incorporate value-based care and racial equity in the digital health financial models. Zahia, such a privilege to have you here. I love the work that you're doing to raise awareness and the voice of really Black Health tech founders and, and really all the work that you're doing. So really appreciate the, the opportunity to have you here on the podcast today.
1: Well, thank you. I'm really excited to be here and I'm just really looking forward to speaking about all of this work and, um, you know, just all of these kind of inspiring things that are going on in
0: healthcare today. Yeah. You know, and so before we go into what you're up to with the company, talk to us a little bit about what inspires your work in healthcare.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, You know, I have to say, you know, people, first and foremost, really inspire my work in healthcare. I love being around just really smart people. When I started my career at Columbia University Medical Center, I was working in the division of neonatology, and I used to work with some of these amazing doctors and nurses. But, you know, some of the doctors, I mean, they were performing open heart surgery on, um, you know, premature babies. And I was just amazed by that and i found just you know that being really inspiring and and that led me to continue a career in healthcare because around that time too i thought that maybe i would become a banker <laughs> but I got a little sidelined or sidetracked rather and you know landed in healthcare. But I think, you know, just doing some of the work that I have over my career at Columbia University in improving outcomes for patient care, improving revenue and business processes, that's been really exciting. And also kind of in this new phase of my career, as you mentioned, starting my own company, Sahia and Company, and providing advisory services to digital health startups. I just love the energy that startups have. And I'm really just passionate about advancing um, diversity and really continuing to tackle some of these very hard challenges that we face in healthcare still.
0: Yeah, that's great. And I think it's so cool that you started your own list. You're like, you know what? There's no list. I'm going to make one. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so great. So as you embark on the work that you're doing with your new business, Mm -hmm. talk to us about how you plan on adding value to the healthcare ecosystem and uh, more about your work there.
1: Sure. Um, Well, there are a couple of things. So as you mentioned, the list. Um And just a little context about that, you know, after everything that we've gone through over the summer and, and I think just thinking back in my career about the times when, you know, people would honestly, they would ask me and say, you know, do you know any black physicians? And I'd go, well, you know, I don't know, or maybe I can find one for you. And, you know, or I had also been increasingly concerned with some of the disparities that I was seeing. Number one, through COVID, of course, also maternal uh, mortality. And I knew that problems, I think, are best solved sometimes by the people who are living them. And I really I just knew, I said, being in this kind of digital health ecosystem, this venture capital ecosystem, where are you know, these founders? And so I just literally scoured the internet looking for all of the founders. <laughs> know that i could find you know who are black in digital health put them together in a list to say like you know if you're looking for different resources or if your venture capital fund is they've committed more to diversity here's a list of companies i think you know are worthwhile that you should invest in you know that's one part of the work uh the other part is i've been working with another company called ready health who the ceo is a good friend of mine uh, maria gill we both went to Columbia together and did our master's in health administration. And she's amazing. And she's been really trying to tackle some big problems and gaps in home health care, as well as uh, telemedicine. And so I think that there are some incredible opportunities that are coming from that venture as well. And I guess lastly, for me, some of the other work that I've been doing is just learning much more about the venture capital ecosystem and so what's been really great is i've been a part of the very first cohort from black venture institute which aims to increase the number of black people working in venture capital and so it's been an amazing group to work with and so i hope to combine that lens Plus, you know, the digital health strategic advisory and really, you know, be able to provide some great assistance and uh, teachings to new companies.
0: I love it. Yeah. You know, and it's great to have somebody like you available to some of these new startups that don't really understand the fundamental workings of reimbursement or getting that strategy together that. You know, a payer is going to support and uh, and get behind. What would you say makes you different and unique to compared to what's available today?
1: Yeah, so I think um, what makes me different is, you know, I've had a lot of experience in the healthcare industry, and I have come out of an academic medical center, you know, at Columbia. I've done work with the New York State Psychiatric Institute. Um, I've also done consulting um, through the School of Public Health, now doing my own consulting, but also coming from the payer side. And I think um, something that is maybe a bit unique that I'm trying to offer is that I'm trying to target seed and pre-seed companies because I really want them to be prepared when they go into the meetings with payers and have a better understanding of how they can position themselves for success. And, you know, as I mentioned, I think I also am very just passionate about advancing diversity. And so I really want to use different sort of my lens, right, of advancing diversity and build it into models as I can. And that includes things like thinking about uh, social determinants of health, or people who have Medicaid as insurance, or the uninsured population, right? I really want to encourage companies and founders to think about those groups, because as you may know, a lot of times when startups are going to payers, they're looking at commercially insured PPO. And I think that there's a large part of the country who uses Medicaid as insurance, who are underinsured or uninsured, And I think now, even with a new administration, I think there's tremendous opportunity there. So that I think will kind of help differentiate me in the market.
0: Love it. And so, you know, you bring up some great points and things that people should be considering if they're in that seed or pre-seed round. In your view, Sahia, what would you say is a setback that people need to be aware of that they don't fall into? Maybe a key learning that you've seen through, through others that have done this or an example that, that comes to mind would be awesome.
1: Yeah. So, you know, one that really comes to mind and I kind of learned this through my experience at a payer as well as at, you know, an academic medical center is the sales cycle. It is long sometimes. And, And I think that a lot of startups want to focus on, you know, getting to the big payers, getting to these large companies. But what they don't realize is that sometimes it can take up to a year before you even sign a term sheet, right? Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? That means you have to have funding coming from you know, some other place, whether it's venture capital, whether you're bootstrapping it, and you're almost having to kind of dedicate these time and resources of your key people to these large companies for a year period. And you might not you know, walk out with a contract, right? And even if you do get to the point of a term sheet, it might take, let's say, another six months before you can even begin to implement a program. And so I think that is one of the key learnings that I take away and I tell startups too, is sometimes be prepared for that longer sales cycle. And I think the way sometimes you, may, you might get around some of that is to really understand your financing and also to look at alternative sources of financing. And so you know, that's some of the things, you know, that I talk to them about because I just want people to be prepared. Like you're not going to go in and, you know, propose something like, you know, let's take care of all your GI patients and then you'll get a contract within a month. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> you have to show outcomes <laughs> and you have to be prepared for that sales cycle. So that's definitely a key takeaway.
0: Yeah, it's certainly... Not a fast-paced sales cycle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Tahia, so yeah, there's there's definitely lots to learn. And as you think about the environment that we're in, we're still dealing with this pandemic, We've got a new administration. You know, what are you most excited about today?
1: Wow. Um, honestly, I'm so hopeful <laughs> I really am. And I think that, number one, I want some kind of normalcy. I want a COVID plan. Um, I had just posted an article this morning on LinkedIn that Pfizer is saying that they're having a 90% success rate with their COVID vaccine. I mean, I think that's incredible, but I'm also very cautious in, in a sense that I want people to have access to the vaccine and and actually not just access, but I want the vaccine to be affordable and accessible to everyone who needs it. And so I'm hopeful that we will have a COVID sort of strategy and get back to (laughs) some kind of, you know, just living our our normal lives without being in fear of of this disease. But I think in that context too, I'm excited for digital health and more remote care. I think there are a number of kind of remote readiness plans that are coming out. So, for example, just more driving more care to the home and more convenient care, being able to get your medications when you need them or um, being able to have a virtual health plan. I think Kaiser just announced that they've created a virtual care primary care plan that would be less expensive than their regular. I don't know. We can call them brick and mortar plans. And so I'm excited about that because I think it will promote better outcomes, but also be affordable to people who really need it, whether it's just price or price and convenience.
0: Yeah, that's. Uh, I didn't know about that. That's uh, really interesting. And you know, for a long time, at least through this whole pandemic since March, there's been a lot of discussion around parity. You know, payer parity on this virtually provided service. And, you know, on the one hand, I get it. You know, a hospital doesn't want to lose revenues. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it's not the same. So I think it's really interesting that Kaiser is offering a lower cost alternative for virtual care. I think that's the right way.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I was also in touch with another company that offers monthly kind of virtual primary care plans for. Right, primary care, but as well as mental health. I actually think that my theory is that the role of the payer is going to change pretty dramatically because I think we will get plans that are less expensive, but I think we might be paying a little bit more out of pocket for certain specific services. So for example, maybe a virtual care plan that's very basic with possibly some catastrophic care is fine for me if I had GI and then maybe I can get this supplemental kind of GI, you know, specific telehealth plan to manage that care. And I think we might start to see some things like that where consumers are doing a little bit more picking and choosing based on the conditions that they have instead of sort of buying what is supposedly a one size fits all, you know, insurance plan. So I'm actually kind of excited about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And just different models, right? That we can yes. take a look at to better fit different people in different times with different conditions. Like it, it, there isn't a one size fits all. And the system we're dealing with right now is, is not optimized. And so plenty of opportunity for us to do better. This has been a really neat discussion with you, Zahia. I've I've enjoyed it. I'm sure the listeners have too. If somebody listening to this podcast wants to connect with you, say they're one of the seed pre-seed or seed round companies that you have found as your sweet spot, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? And then what closing thought would you leave us with?
1: Sure. So I think my mother gave me a very unique name. So if you Google Sahia, um, you can always find me, but my website is sahia.com. I can also, you know, I like to interact with people on Twitter and um, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. So I'm pretty flexible in in those areas, but yeah, no, thank you for that. I, I think in terms of closing thoughts, I would just say, you know, it's really been a pleasure speaking with you today. And I just want people to be hopeful about the future and be excited as I am about all of the innovation that's happening in the digital health ecosystem. And I am just excited about advancing diversity, especially diversity in venture capital and with founders. So that I think is, is very promising. And I just hope that it continues.
0: Well, with you doing what you're doing, Sahia, I have no doubt. Uh, and so I know you're, you know, really the beginning of this part of your journey. And we're grateful that uh, you chose to have a stop here on the Outcomes Rocket with our listeners. And we'll be rooting for you on this venture that you're on to have these voices that are less heard, be heard. Mm-hmm. And because it will make a difference for, for how we deliver care, for how we do health care. So a uh, big thanks to you and uh, definitely looking forward to staying in touch.
1: Thank you. Please do keep in touch.
0: Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business. And also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production, monetization, and achieving the ROI you're looking for technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world though you should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention a patched up podcast could ruin your business let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more that's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more